Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Well, today's podcast is another exciting interview because it's about a movie that will bolster your faith. We have Elliot Wallach on the line. He has been working on the, in the film business for 20 plus years. He's worked with every major studio, promoted films like The Passion of Christ and The Help and more. His primary focus is his distribution company, Edify, that brings family, faith-friendly films to the world. Today, we're going to be talking about the release of The God of Heaven and Earth, which comes out on November 5th and 6th, and who's behind it and why it's important to you and your family. So, Elliot, welcome to In All by Bruce. Glad to have you. Wow, Bruce, thanks a lot for the introduction. Thanks for having me on. And just one quick correction. It's a, our company yeah. name is Edify Films. Okay, um, Edify Films. Yeah, I think Edify, they're going to find a piece of software. You know, I named the company Edify just because... You know, going to church so often, you know, you'd always hear, you know, wow, that was really edifying to me and edifying, you know, the whole idea of it is to spiritually build up. And my conviction is that movies really, they're the most powerful art form ever created by man. I mean, I, I know myself, I, you know, you sit and you watch a movie. My son, my son's might try to make a case for video games. You know what? I stand my ground. You know, if you're going to watch a movie in 90 minutes of a movie, you can be inspired to, to change your life and to live a completely different direction. And that's what we like. I mean, I love the idea of being behind a medium that can actually make real change on the planet. You never know what you're going to inspire somebody's faith. And that's what's exciting about this film. You know, obviously, God of Heaven and Earth. I mean, the idea of impacting someone's faith, you know, what could be more important than that? And, and so tell us, as you've gone through this movie without revealing anything that you shouldn't, what is it that you feel will impact the people watching it? I think the biggest thing is, and I... God of Heaven and Earth, what it what it does, it makes a very compelling case as to what the star of Bethlehem was, you know. And so often, and that was a big thing that actually, what I want to say, a cornerstone in my, in my personal journey was making the the Bible factual. I think is really important. I mean, the, the the very idea of something's true, it can take the scrutiny. And you know, when we read, and I think all of us remember, you know, you you go to the mall and you see the nativity scene, and but you st you start drilling down on the story, it starts to become pretty amazing when you think about it. I mean, what was it that made these wise men, whether we're three of them or 30 of them, what made these guys travel 700 miles over dangerous terrain to go visit with Herod? I mean, Herod was seemed like a pretty dangerous guy. I don't know that I'd want to get too close to Herod and particularly to come ask him about the, the king of Israel. I'd like to show up. We want to worship him. What a yeah. conversation. And then the thing is, is they start talking to Herod about the star and what they're recognizing, whatever that was, whatever they told him, terrified him so much or impacted him so much that he tried to trick him to finding him. And he, obviously, we all know the story, but him killing a bunch of kids. What yeah. did they see in the sky that caused these guys to go out there to scare Herod to death? And then when you talk about a star hanging over Bethlehem, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, where you've got this very compelling case as to, you know what, this is what we believe they were seeing. And you actually lay it out where you explain every little thing, because a lot of things that people have tried to bring up, they don't make a lot of sense. You know, mm -hmm. if you're talking about like a, a supernova, I don't think Herod would have had to have a supernova explained to him or a comet or, 
or something like that. And this becomes a very plausible explanation to the whole thing. And, you know, this, this footage, as people watch it, this is presented by, of all things, a very, very successful trademark attorney. And he's one of these guys that I think people, you have somebody like this in your life and he's just a phenomenal intellect. And he was doing this uh, thing for his church called Essentials where he was helping new believers kind of understand their faith. And he had this block basically proving, you know, external evidences of the Bible. And mm -hmm. he found this, uh, this gentleman had, that had presented some stuff about what people are going to see in part of this movie. And with the star of Bethlehem, well, well Rick, like I say, he's, a, he's a, an attorney. He starts, you know, just diving down, prosecutes this case to prove it and recognizes things that nobody else had seen just because of his, his basically his, his mind. He would deny all these super humble guy. He would hate this, but his mind and his knowledge of scripture. And then all of a sudden he starts going in and gets this presentation done, shows it to the church. It blows their mind. All of a sudden churches are requesting him to do this all over the world are requesting him to do this. He's presenting this at universities in front of academia. He had this guy in his prayer group that was involved with the Hubble Space Telescope that had completely bought into the theory. It's just fascinating. But here's the thing that to me is so important. Look, if people go and they watch this and they go, you know what, this seems very plausible. All of a sudden, what ends up happening is you end up knowing the date of when the stars come out. What people got to understand is the universe, it's a great clock. You can yeah. actually, now, now we have the benefit of software. You can actually take with technology today and you can go, hey, I want to know what the sky looked like in Iran, in 1200 BC or whatever. You can tell, you can look at it, right? What ends up happening is you come up with a definitive crucifixion date of that is the only one that works of April 3rd, 33 AD. So what happened is the second half of the movie is that Rick wanted to know, is there anything else that maybe I can find as evidence now that I know when to look? And what's, what's amazing is in Matthew 27, it talks about when Christ died on the cross, mm -hmm. the moment he died, there was a massive earthquake. It was so powerful that a centurion nearby, and the Bible says they were scared. And then at the end of it, he said, surely this was the son of God. Mm. It was that impactful. Well, guess what? Remember the date I said, April 3rd, 33 AD, this movie proves, well, in my opinion, it offers very significant evidence. If somebody watches this, you don't get to walk out of this movie. I don't care if somebody's an atheist. I don't care if they're an evangelist. You do not get to walk out of this movie, not knowing that an earthquake happened in 33 AD. And what's crazy about that is I, I don't know where you live, Bruce. I live in Washington state. There's no yeah. place in this state that I can prove to you that an earthquake happened in 33 AD. You can't prove things like that to a specific year but you can in Jerusalem. It's just the most bizarre thing. It has to do with the Dead Sea, but that God set up where you can actually prove that, that earthquakes happen to specific years, almost to specific seasons. It's so amazing that the most important earthquake in history, certainly the most meaningful earthquake in history, you can actually prove that it happened and when it happened in Jerusalem. And if you have two intersecting sciences agreeing with each other and basically supporting the Bible. And that's why I just could not be so more excited. I love the idea that my faith is based on fact. You know, so often I know that people, when they haven't looked into it, so often our faith, you know, God's invisible. I mean, they don't, it's much easier for them to believe in it, what they see around them. Mm. And then to be able to look at the, the evidence that supports the biblical record. I mean, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of this.
Boy, no kidding. I mean, I'm getting excited just listening to you and how passionate you are. And, and the fact that I study a lot of areas of the Bible, particularly like archaeology is one of them. And it is amazing how many things are proven as we keep learning more and more about archaeology and tying it together with all the different sciences that are coming through saying, hey, this really was when it happened. This really did happen. And, you know, one of the people also behind the movie is somebody we've interviewed several times here on the show. That's Tim Mahoney. And he pursues these kind of things, I think, just probably like Rick does, just from some different angles. So this is really fabulous to have this all falling together. Tim is a great guy. I mean, Tim's passion, and Tim, I think, feels the same about movies as me. And one of the things I was talking about with him, you figure if people are spending, you know, I remember what, I can't remember what the statistic was, but it was massive. I mean, how many hours a week people are spending watching maybe their streaming services or their, you know, movies, entertainment. I kind of lump TVs and movies sort of together. And the thing is, is these are the new temples of today. I mean, this is where everybody's congregating. And the people making this stuff, they're almost like the new high priests. I mean, we have to take and have a presence. We can't just ignore this art form. And so often you can take and you can go to a movie and see things completely false. But because you just saw it on the screen, you can just walk away thinking it's fact. I invite people, that's at least been part of my personal faith journey. I mean, to kind of share a little bit of my testimony, I was in the military. I had a, I joined with a friend that I'd known since eighth grade. and and. It, when you have somebody like that with you in the military, it's like having a piece of home. I mean, it was very, it was, it was tremendous. It was, it was a lonely experience. It was, you know, I'm, it was particularly what I was saying, like we didn't have cell phones and all that stuff. Unfortunately, halfway through our tour, finally we had to get separated. He went to Kansas. I went to Louisiana. Desert Storm broke out. That that probably dates me. And then he and about like seven hundred thousand guys went out to Desert Storm to go fight Saddam Hussein. Of that, there weren't that many people that died. There was like about 100 army deaths in combat. And unfortunately, he was one of them. Oh, and, sorry. you know, everything, well, you know, it's, that was a moment that I think it's important for everybody because even as you say, sorry, the reality is none of us are getting out alive, right? Mm -hmm. And that was the thing I realized at that point. I mean, it was like everything that had ever happened to Lee happened to me. If I was going to give my life to a God, I wanted to know based on fact, not the way I was raised, not the way that it was socially acceptable, not, not the way it felt. I wanted it, that was me, not everybody's that way. Sometimes people can just hear a song and give their life to God. Right. But for me, I, I needed to have my, you know, I've been a bit of an intellect my whole life and it's, I needed to have, I need to be compelled intellectually. And when I started looking into it, I mean, prophecies alone, I mean, if somebody reads Isaiah 53, I mean, I invite anybody just, if you're familiar a little bit with the New Testament, even go watch a movie, I'm back to movies again, and you read Isaiah 53, you'll feel like you're reading the New Testament. Like, you tell me who that's talking about. That's, that's written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus entered the stage. Who's he talking about? Who else would fit the bill there? I mean, that was yes. just one of the many, many, many things that compelled me. And so the idea of, that you have other people out there seeking, the cool thing is, if you got like Uncle Bob, and, and he's normally doesn't, he will not go to church. I mean, every time you bring it up, it makes him crazy, but he loves discovery channel. He loves history channel, loves mm -hmm. graphic, loves a mystery, like a good mystery. This is that, you know, there's a lot of mm -hmm. things in this that some people would never have been familiar with. And then all of a sudden, just some revelations that, I mean, check the map, check out their film. I mean, this is all stuff. Like I say, Rick Larson's very, very, very detailed. 
And this is stuff that can stand the scrutiny, but you can go and you can look into it. The funny thing about this earthquake is we're not Indiana Jones. You know, we didn't go and like, look, nobody else noticed this earthquake. Except, I mean, the earthquake is documented, but the mm -hmm. thing is, is nobody ever put the two together because you look at, which is kind of funny because when I looked into it, at least according to the science, there's a real gap. There's really only one suspect, in my opinion, in terms of this earthquake that fell in 33 AD, because the only other one was in uh, BC. And then the other one after that was like something like 300 years later or whatever. Yeah. But in any case, when you're talking to a specific year and how it completely intersects with the astronomy and the theory on the other end, and the theory makes total sense versus whenever you watch the movies and, you know, like they do a movie about Joseph or whatever and Mary, they always show the star. Like it's like a like a police helicopter going through a bad neighborhood looking for a criminal. Like it's just a big giant light <laughs> in the sky. You know, like who's gonna miss that? Right. But all of a sudden, it's so different, I think, than what what people would expect. But I will admit, my faith is that when God said that He turned the Nile in blood, I mean, if He said He turned it into Pepto Bismol, I don't think it would just be pink. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it would like you could drink it, settle your stomach. That's my faith. But again, I would go looking and expecting to find traces of Pepto-Bismol. Like I say, you can go and look and see what's there. And that's where, like I say, Tim is, I mean, how many movies has that guy gone after oh, man. at this point? My personal passion is if you and I talk and I say, hey, what's the most successful faith-based movie of all time? You might say The Passion of the Christ. I actually promoted The Passion of the Christ. It would be a reasonable guess. I mean, it was $370 million plus dollars at the box office. At the time when it came out, it was the seventh highest grossing film in U.S. history. But the reality is it's barely number five when you factor in inflation. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the Ten Commandments. You've got, I think that was in 1959, I think. You've got The Robe and you've got Ben-Hur. I think uh, The Robe would have been like, today's dollars, like 600 million. The Ten Commandments have been like over a billion. Ben-Hur, I think over like 900 million. Can you imagine? No. That was in the span of like six years. You know, and then question everybody said, oh my goodness, we've got to send a message to Hollywood, make movies, we're going to support them, we'll give you this money, you'll find our money, it's accepted everywhere, just make this <laughs> stuff. you got to wonder, why haven't we seen more of that? I mean, my right. gosh, you have, you have $3 billion in six years, but then you could look, what happened in the 60s, what happened in the 70s, what happened in the 80s, what happened yeah. in the 90s? You can't point at any, any really a big budget effort to support this market until... The passion, and even then, Mel Gibson funded all of the majority of it. I think it was like $35 million or something. But our passion at Edify Films, I like that's one of the reasons I love Wind Calls to Heart so much. A little plug for that. You can, you know, we do, like I say, all the DVDs and the merch and all that stuff at windcallstoheart.com. But the thing is, is that I think if you're talking, what's the most impactful faith-based film of all time? Yeah. I actually would make a case that it's, it's a wonderful life. Because if you release It's a Wonderful Life today, that's a faith-based film. I mean, they're going to go, they're going to screen it to the churches. It's, they're going to go after the faith market if nobody's seen it. But when that movie came out, it wasn't really seen that way. It was just a film, but it was released in a faith-driven country, a faith-based country. You know, at the time, just a lot of people responded to it in that sense. I love that. But every, in my time, it was like that thing seemed to play on every channel you can see. I mean, it was like playing all the time. I mean, who comes away from that movie and goes and robs a liquor store? I mean, you watch, you go to that movie, I mean, you're going to be inspired to love your neighbor, to love your friends, to appreciate your life. Wow. Wow. To be responsible for something like that. Man, sign me up. Sign me up to, you know, to make something like that, to take and inspire somebody's faith. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I hope people can go check the film out. It's, it's called God of Heaven and Earth. Just go to godofheavenandearth.com and then probably be redirected to godofheavenandearthfilm.com. But you can, uh, godofheavenandearth.com, you can watch the trailer, which I think is very strong, but you mm -hmm. can find a theater. It's a total God miracle. This thing, it's a national release. And you'll probably almost definitely, unless if you live in a major city, even not even that major, you're probably going to find a theater near you. Yes. This is a great thing to let your churches know. They could show that trailer in their services or something to, to promote it. Absolutely. Like I said, if, if, a, if a pastor wants to get their church fired up, it's a really cool trailer, I have to say. But it's just, it, the content is super cool. You know, one of the things that, and I, I know this is Tim's conviction about the idea of, you know, having a theater. You know, it's not like some point, you know, if a church wanted to screen in the church, you know, we'd be only too happy to talk about that at some point. But the thing that's cool about it in a theater I thought about this too, is a theater is kind of a special place in a way. Like, why do we all go to the movies? Like everybody's got like a home entertainment system and it kind of dawned on me. I was just sitting there and everybody in the whole room is laughing and it, we kind of go there to experience each other having an experience, mm. you know, it's yeah. like the people are a big part and it's a, it's a really unique way to be able to take and bring somebody and have that experience of, like I say, this kind of profound evidence shot on location in Israel, but in a way that they're not going to feel preached to, but they're going to feel, they're going to feel interested. It's going to make for a very interesting drive home for everybody. Like I say, evangelists and atheists alike. It's just interesting. I think that's one of the keys you just said is that you're not being preached to here. So this is a good movie to bring somebody who's questioning or unsure or, or has doubts to, right? Because it's going to bring home good detailed proof of what you're saying. You know, it's not like, you know, like somebody's going to go to this film. It's going to be a, like all of a sudden they're going to leave it and go, I'm going to give my life to God today. Right. Maybe, maybe. But the thing is, is it definitely makes a very supporting case to the things that you believe that you're going to take and watch it and go, you know, I know that the stuff that in the Bible sounds crazy, but here's a, a plausible and provable explanation for something that, that fits into the narrative that we're seeing in the Bible. Because in some ways, it's how many things do we read in the Bible that make no sense until mm -hmm. it happens? You know, I often wonder about that when, of course, Israel's in the news today, and there's so much prophecy for Israel. Can a nation be born in a day? You're reading this prophecy, and what, what did they think when they read this? And then, and then when Christ came, the prophecies for Christ, and it's incredible how overlooked that would be even to his, the, the people following him and even his own family. And these guys, I mean, these guys memorized the Bible. They memorized it. Can you imagine? I can barely remember my phone number. These guys <laughs> would memorize like every dotted I, every cross T, and even still, they wouldn't recognize. Even when Christ on the cross is fulfilling prophecy verbatim and still not get it, it really kind of, kind of marvel. But I, I like the idea that you can take it, you can go to this movie Sometimes there's, there's some faith-based films out there where I think somebody comes in and they don't have a faith and they can feel like, I don't even know what I just saw, you know, mm -hmm. that this, that where it really speaks to, to the believer far more than the person that really doesn't know anything right. about it. And this is not that way. I mean, this is something that I think you could show on virtually in challenge. It's not like that Rick hides his faith in the film and talks about the relevance of what he's saying as it means to him, but that, but everything he's talking about is based on absolutely verifiable 
fact, indisputable fact. Mm. You know, you can't deny this is the location of, of what was, you can't deny this is the way the sky looked. He's not making it up. You can't deny that, that science says this is an earthquake. We're literally in the film. They're going to show you evidence that if you were standing with them right there, you could literally touch it. You can mm. literally touch what you're seeing that would prove, and you'll literally understand why this shows. I can't prove to you that this earthquake is the earthquake that happened when Christ was crucified. Mm -hmm. But I can prove to you that an earthquake happened in 33 AD. And mm -hmm. I, can, I can prove to you that there was things happening in the sky at a yeah. time that's consistent with that timeline right. that would make sense in terms of when Christ was born, whatever, 32, 33 years earlier in that sense. And then from there, we all have to draw our own conclusions. But right. But for me, I remember when I first had it presented to me, I was like, wow, this makes a lot of sense. The thing with it is it's like when the Bible talks about, you know, we have two witnesses coming down, you know, where two people can testify, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden that this is true. And I love the idea that you've got two completely unrelated scientific disciplines staring at something, and all of a sudden it's an agreement with something spoken in the Bible. Right. And, you know, the coolest thing about this to me, Bruce, What's is that, that when you, there, there are two things, there's two things that are super cool. The coolest thing is that when you buy into this, this means that when God just flung the universe into existence, part of that, he, when he set that clock in motion, it was a timer to know exactly what was going to, because it had to be began from the beginning to know this is what I, the way I want the sky to be at this certain date. That means that basically before he made the earth, before he made Adam, he knew when, you know, Adam was going to break his heart and that he was going to have to send his son and die to save him. Before the act was even done, he'd already basically made arrangements in the universe. Uh -huh. yeah. The other thing, too, that, that people will see in this movie is there's a perspective in the sky that only God could have seen. It's super powerful. It's about halfway through the movie. People know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, you will not hear a sound in that theater when they show this. And to me, it kind of showed like a sentimentality of God, that it was almost something that like the way we would put up a picture or something like it was something that he almost put up just for himself, except now we can show you what this looked like. Yeah. And, but I, I don't want to spoil it, but people will know. But it, in that sense, I guess there's two things. The third thing is that the Star of Bethlehem was yeah. not something that was widely recognized and the thing is, is at the time, the wise men, it had to feel like it was only for them. Like God was literally decorating the sky just for these guys. And the moment that they're going to go from, go down to Bethlehem and yeah. see that star hanging on Beth, over Bethlehem, it wasn't hanging over Bethlehem for anybody else. It was yeah. just like it was there for them. Mm -hmm. And you'll see all of that happening. Okay, I'm going to give you one spoiler. I shouldn't even do it. But I'm going to give okay. you one spoiler that's shocking. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> shocking. When that star was hanging over the star of Bethlehem, again, this is provable. It was hanging over there. Check this date out. Yeah. I shouldn't even say it. December 25th. Seriously? Watch the movie. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, it'll blow your mind. It's almost like a nod from God. Now, it's not saying that it was St. Christmas. Like I say, somebody out there may even be getting skeptical. Trust me. This is so cool. It's so cool because it's not even the calendar they were using, but how it's just this little 
inside miracle that you just would have had to discover. You know, one of the things we end in the movie with is, you know, if you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. And that's what happened here is all of a sudden that, you know, this, this guy took the time to really, really seek out and just at our church, I know it's about, you know, spending your time, talent, and treasure. I mean, the guy just threw all three of them. He spent his money, he spent his time, and he spent his talent just deep diving into this. And once he discovered what he discovered, it was like he had to bring it to the world. Wow. And I'm, I'm just super proud to be a part of it, you know, and help produce what you guys are, what you guys are going to see. Oh, man. But I'm excited. Yeah, but it's, yeah, well, like I say, I hope you guys, yeah, I hope, I hope everybody in, enjoys it as much as I'm enjoying just bringing it. You know, I mean, if to understand me, it's a, the idea of affecting people. That's, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the coolest thing. And the whole science of this, the whole idea of it, it's definitely affected me. Hopefully, it, you know, hopefully it does the same for everybody else. But it's sort of like the same thing that, that God will literally shake the world. Mm. People often wonder. It's like, did Christ die for everybody? I find it interesting when you think about the earthquake, because the earthquake happened, who experienced that? You know, the people down at the city, you know, having tea or whatever they were doing, they, they felt an earthquake right. another day. But that earthquake shook that centurion so hard that he became convinced in that moment, that was his, surely this was the son of God. You know, I often wonder what that guy, you know, was he some of the, one of the guys that influenced these other Roman soldiers that you hear about later in, in scripture, yeah. You know, what did that? What did that? You know, you kind of wonder what happened to that guy after he left. But ultimately, it was his testimony that we get in Matthew that came. But it just as this, that the star affected only the wise men. In a lot of ways, that earthquake only affected that soldier, and it was and some other people around him. But that soldier's testimony somehow it made its way to Matthew, you know, yeah. from there and then from Matthew to everybody else. So in that sense, God shook the world for everybody. But in that moment, in that moment. He shook that for the, the soldier and whoever else was around. Yeah. And it's so cool yeah. to see, because it's not something you see in every gospel. It's so cool that all of a sudden you see something that it's like, you know what, if it's in there, and then to find out, you know what, that, that was not just something Matthew's thought, well, I'll throw that in. That'll, that'll be cool. We'll really get some believers if I throw in an earthquake. Like actually saying, well, you know what, this, this happened, you know, at least according to this science in this film. The thing I find compelling is that if you put that into the gospel at that time, there were too many people that could discount it if it didn't really happen. Just like Paul said, with the resurrection, there's 500 people still alive right now, right? That's the best point. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, because, yeah, nobody else would be like, I didn't feel an earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. You, they'd yeah, be able to excellent. discount that real easy. Oh, no, yeah. there wasn't. Oh, no, yeah. nobody did. So it makes me think that it really was. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's something if you if you don't have a faith, I still think you're going to find this really interesting. And if you do have a faith, I think you might leave with an even stronger one. Faith to me is everything. You know, it's impossible to please God without faith. And so any, I love the idea that so often I think people think, well, I don't want to I want to have like just faith without, you know, without any evidence. There's nothing wrong with that. I, let's go find the evidence. And that way we're even that much more prepared to defend our case. That's what Paul says. You know, we got to be prepared to do that. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Anything else you want to say to people before we go? No, just uh, you can keep an eye on us at uh, edifyfilms.com. Again, the movie is called God of Heaven and Earth. You can find it at a theater near you November 5th and 6th. And you just go to godofheavenandearth.com and just be blessed. And let's uh, hopefully we can, you know, we can impact as many people as we can. And hopefully people like what we're, what we're trying to do. And like the, the word edify, we're uh, hopefully we, we build you up spiritually.
Elliot, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for your passion. It's just exciting hearing about this. Can't wait for the movie. And, and you know, God bless you and your efforts uh, in this as well as the other things that you're into. Thank you so much. And please keep us in your prayers, people. Thank you so much. Pray for us a lot. We, we, uh, we thirst for that. Okay. Well, God bless you. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Bruce. All right. Bye. Bye.